the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Good evening, family. Ron Geyer back again with End Time Insights. Uh, we're talking about the Word of God. I may get titles for these at some point, but I'm just enjoying doing it. We're just going right through the Bible, not in necessarily any order, but we're studying the Word of God. And currently this week, we're talking about the love of God, knowing God, knowing that the life of God is in the Word of God, knowing God according to His Word. And I love doing this. I am learning so much. I'm really excited. So there's many different ways to know God. I didn't say there's different ways to get to God. Don't put me in that group. I'm talking about the fact that there are many different ways to know God, but they all begin. They all have some type of foundation from the word of God. Like for me personally, I know God by the scriptures that I read and the scriptures that I study. He speaks to me by those verses. Like uh, if I might be considering watching something that I shouldn't be watching or that's questionable, right? Like for instance, in our home, we don't watch any of our movies and we barely can watch any PG-13 movies. Everything has gotten so, so vile and so crude. But if I'm debating whether I should watch something or not, a verse comes to my mind, to my heart, and it's that I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. Psalm 101 verse 3. And that ministers to me. And the more you read in the Bible, the more you can understand God's plan for your life. And the more you can understand God's plan for your life, the more you can see him in your life because he always manifests in the place of obedience for you. When he tells you to obey him, it's not just so he can get you to do something. It's so you can know him better. Amen. So another way to know God is through judgments, right? Psalm nine sixteen: the Lord is known by the judgments which he executes. And I love this. At the last church I was at, there was a difference of opinion. Me and the pastor, I told him that COVID was a judgment of God upon America for its sin. And actually the whole world, but we live in America. So I referenced America and he said, no, COVID is from the pit of hell. It's demonic. And well, that might be right in some sense, but when you eliminate, the opinion came from, he doesn't think that God judges us. So in that vein, he was in error. And so when you eliminate God's ability to judge us, and then once again, it's not for condemnation, that's not coming now, it's for correction. But when you eliminate God's ability to judge us, to correct us, you eliminate the possibility of you knowing him which is why we always have the Bible to tell us God is known by the judgments which he executes. Another way, according to the word of God, that we can come to know God is by sharing in his suffering. First Peter 4.13. 
But rejoice, people, inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. And of course, we can know God when we pray his word, right? When we pray according to the Spirit, we can know God when we preach his word, when we preach the truth according to the Spirit, when we speak his word, when we pray his word, and above all, when we obey his word, this is how you come to know God. But it's all word-based. The word reveals Jesus, and the word will show us the way to know him. John ten twenty seven. my sheep know my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. An interesting verse that I came across the other day while I was studying was, you know, the rapture of the church, the removal of God's people before the judgment by God upon the land of Israel and the nations that have rejected God was that God, he will descend with a shout. And as I looked in it, it talks about that that shout is not just, hey, wake up. That is a command. It's a summons. It's, hey, get up here. And if we are not obeying the voice of God when he commands us to do something now, guess what? It's more than likely that you're not going to obey him when he commands you to come to see him in the rapture. You know, I read that the NASB and the King James and actually most of the other versions, they actually say command. So the rapture, it's just not a please come up here. It's not hurry up and get it. It is a command. You get up here. So I just thought I'd throw that in there. There's no charge. Hallelujah. So as we study out the word and we come up to this particular topic, the topic of knowing God, here's another way that we can know him. And it talks about the suffering. It's First Peter 2.21. For even here unto were you called, or for this reason, or this is where you are called to, because Christ also suffered for us. And what did that do? That left us an example that you should follow in his steps. Well, People think that, especially in the Word of Faith circles and the Pentecostal circles, the emergent church circles, they think that you don't have to suffer. Jesus suffered so that you don't have to. Well, that is not biblically accurate. First Peter 2.21, For hereunto were you called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that you should follow his steps. You know, if he had just said, leaving for us an example, I might say, okay, that that gets you off the hook. You don't have to suffer. But then it says right here, no, I left you an example so that you would follow in his steps. And if Christ's walk with God, if Christ's steps took him to the place of suffering, which we know they did, well, then guess what? If you're supposed to follow in this steps, you are going to wind up in the place of suffering as well. We are called to be like Christ. One of my pet peeves. Remember WWJD, what would Jesus do? That was so frustrating. I thought that was the coward's way out. Okay, what would he do? He would do what he said he would do in the Word. He would do the Word. And so must we. Quit looking for another option, saints, right? Quit looking for a way out. You do the Word of God. You don't even have to ask yourself, what would Jesus do? It goes back to what did Jesus say? What did Jesus do? And he did the Word, and you need to do the Word as well. Matthew one twenty one. And she, Mary, shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. What would Jesus do? What did Jesus do? Jesus did save us from our sins. And what did that look like? John sixteen ten to 11 in the easy-to-read version. He will show them how long they are. He will show mankind how long they are about how to be right with God. 
You know, one of the things I struggle with that I see people that just toast me is that we're trying to do things our own way as Christians, okay? There's God's way. You know, the Bible talks about there is a way that seemeth right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death. No, 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 no. The Word of God, it leads to life eternal. He will show them how wrong they are about how to be right with God. There's only one way to be right with God. The Helper will do this because I am going to the Father, John 16, uh, 10 and 11. You will not see me then. And he will show them how wrong their judgments were because their leader, Satan, has already been condemned. Jesus said that Satan has not only been judged, but he's also been condemned by that judgment. Man and God, you know, we're in a constant conflict over who will be the Lord of our lives. While flesh is our license to be here on the earth legally, right? Remember, Satan's here illegally. He doesn't have a body. That's why he goes about seeking to possess men, animals. Okay, while Satan is here illegally and our bodies are our license to be here legally, it's also in constant conflict with God's word, right? The flesh, to be carnally minded, is death, right? There's no good thing in the flesh. The flesh is the enmity against God, the Word of God would show religious mankind the error of their ways. That's what conviction of the Holy Spirit does. That's why the preaching of the gospel is so important. If there's no gospel being preached, then there's no conviction being sent by the Holy Spirit of God. He doesn't confirm man's Word, the Holy Spirit. He is in direct partnership with the Word of God, and he convicts the sinner of violating that Word of God. The Word of God shows religious mankind the error of their ways. Now, I know lots of people who make their own rules, who live by their own code when it comes to their relationship with God. One can't do that, folks. He gave us the book for a reason. Listen, rejecting his book is rejecting him and all that he stands for. And I'm going to say this scripture probably a thousand times in the next year. I love it. I love it. My words are spirit and life. That's what Jesus said. And when you are rejecting Jesus, when you are rejecting his word, what else are you rejecting? You're rejecting life. What life are you rejecting? You're not rejecting his life. You're rejecting your life. Why? Because my words are spirit and life. Your life is hidden in Christ. Your death is hidden in Satan. It's hidden in you. It's hidden in your own will. You must repent of your own will. Give your heart over to Jesus Christ and he will give you life. Peter confirms that, John sixteen sixty eight. This is great. Then Peter answered Jesus, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. It can't get any plainer than that, saints. Jesus alone is life. Jesus alone has life. Jesus alone wants to give you that eternal life. Look at Peter, right? John sixteen sixty eight. Peter knew he needed something, right? He goes, Lord, whom shall we go? He reveals what his need is in this statement. He knew he had to go somewhere, right? He knew he had to get something, and he knew he had to go somewhere to get it. He knew what it was. He knew it was eternal life. How do I know? Because he says, Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. So Peter knew he needed eternal life, and he knew that Jesus had the words of eternal life. Are we preaching that, guys? Are we willing to tell the people? You know, I say this all the time. The people who don't know Christ, they are not bad people. They're dead. The people that do know Christ, we have been 
raised from the dead. That's what baptism pictures, right? We are crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, we live. We are buried with him in baptism, but we are raised with him in newness of life. We get that eternal life at our acceptance of Christ into our hearts. We need to preach that. Are we telling the truth to the lost, to the people that God sends us? Are we telling them the truth? Are we pleasing God or are we pleasing man by not offending them? Remember, they're not bad people. They're dead people and they need life. And where is that life? My words are spirit and life. Jesus alone has the words of eternal life. Let me show you something. I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 10. You've probably heard this verse. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. This verse isn't about you loving the truth, right? And then that perish. Why? Because they received not the love of the truth. Many people read that to mean that they, they didn't love the truth, and that's not what it says. This verse isn't about you loving the truth, you loving the word. It isn't about you loving Jesus. This verse is about the truth loving you. You follow? The love of God for you is inherent in his word, in his truth. This verse is talking about not receiving the truth. And in that truth is the love of God, the gospel. Why? Well, because we go back to Satan in the garden, self-love. We'd rather love ourselves. Even though Christ has made us free will beings, because we're so enamored with this earth suit, because there's so many physical pleasures that we can fulfill and satisfy in this earth suit, whether it's sexual pleasure, culinary pleasure, the appreciation of beauty, something simple by what our eyes sees. That's what got Eve in trouble. She saw that the apple, she saw that it was good and she wanted it. She wanted the wisdom. She saw the wisdom. She wanted the wisdom. She lusted the eyes of the flesh, things of the world. She lusted after them. And it caused her to give in to that lust and mankind lost his salvation. You're going to see that Satan is always opposing God and he's winning the battle right now because we are rejecting the words that are spirit and that are life. And the church in America needs to turn around. I'm hearing that there's problems. You know, we get a lot of people who respond to me on Facebook Messenger from Africa, from India, from Pakistan, from these other nations out there. And they're telling me, Ron, the stuff that you're talking about, we have those same problems. We've got false teachers out here in Pakistan. We've got lovers of flesh, lovers of money. We've got the prosperity gospel over here in India. So it's worldwide. And the point I want to make is we've got to start telling the people the truth. I don't know what the percentages of pastors that speak the Bible as opposed to speaking some woke type of gospel. One of the leading pastors in America, leading pastor in Houston, Ed Young, talks about the fact in his belief over 90% of the pastors in our pulpits are woke. They are preaching a woke gospel. A woke gospel has inundated our seminary schools throughout Texas, and it's translating to the preaching from our pulpits in our state. And he warned us about that all the time. And look, John 10, 10, the thief who, Satan, the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. He comes to steal the word from you. We see that in scripture. He comes to kill you and he comes to destroy you by stealing the word of God. I am come 
Jesus said that you might have life and that you might have life more abundantly. Jesus, my words are spirit and they are life. You must get a hold of that. A constant theme throughout the Bible is that Jesus has life to offer us. That life is a gift. But like all things in God's word, it's a conditional promise. You receive the gift by you giving something for it. The gift is free. Romans 5.15 in the Amplified Classic. But God's free gift, there you go, the gift is free. But God's free gift is not at all to be compared to the trespass. His grace is out of all proportion to the fall of man. I love that. I love that. I love that. The fall of man, yes, but the grace that God gives us to cover that fall is out of proportion. It is so much greater. Go back to the scripture. For if many die through one man's falling away, his lapse, his offense, much more profusely did God's grace and the free gift that comes through the undeserved favor of the one man, Jesus Christ, abound and overflow to and for the benefit of many. Yes, God's gift is free, but it does require something in return. It requires your sinful life to be surrendered over to him because you can't have two lives. You either trade in your old life for his new one, or you keep the old one and reject the new one. The battle rages in the lives of billions of people every day, folks. And I blame the church. We've not done a good job of preaching the gospel. I blame us. We haven't presented the gospel accurately. We have rewritten the gospel. We have compromised the gospel. We have reduced it so as to be understood by man. It's not to be understood by man. It's to be received by faith by man, even so as to be adaptable to man. That's what we've done. We've humanized the gospel. No, the gospel is divine. It doesn't need your help, man. Man has no part in the gospel other than to preach it thereby enabling the lost to receive it. But once we receive this free gift, there is work to be done. John six twenty seven, Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life. This is referring to the word of God. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for the meat which endureth unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give unto you. For on him, Jesus has God the Father set his seal. Remember, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. That's why he says, strive to labor for the meat that doesn't perish. The Greek word for labor here is, let's see, ergazomai, ergazomai, E-R-G-A-Z-O-M-A-I. And it literally means to toil menially, as in work or as in an occupation. The meaning is clear. You are to make studying and obeying and living by the word of God your full-time job. So important, so important. Everything that I preach this coming year is going to be word-based. It's going to point to the word. It's going to point towards you receiving the word of God. By the end of the year, and I hate to use the phrase, you will fall in love with anything, with people, with the word of God, because that would imply that you're emotionally led. No, Christians are not emotionally led. The children of God are led by the spirit of God. So when you choose to fall in love with somebody, that's a choice that you make. That's an intentional act by you. Falling, your emotions didn't tell you to do it. You told yourself to do it. So then, let's clear something up here. Second Thessalonians 2.10, we read it earlier, the King James Version. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish, because they receive not the love of the truth, that they might be saved. Remember, we told you about the love of the truth. 
the King James, the NSB, and most other versions use, because they received not the love of the truth or they did not accept the love of the truth. Same meaning there. Other versions translate it differently, and I think they lose the meaning of it, that uh, they refuse to love the truth. I don't believe that's what that scripture says. That's not talking about man loving the truth. It's about the truth loving them. Why would Paul say that they refuse to love the truth? God doesn't offer us a love of the truth. That's our choice. Free will agents, right? It's either us to choose to love the truth or we don't. But this verse talks about they receive not the love of the truth. The truth comes with Christ's divine love in it. And if you receive that, then you have an opportunity to become a child of God. You have an opportunity to get saved. This verse refers to the truth-loving mankind. We don't receive the love which is inherent in Christ's truth. That's a rejection of Christ. It's a rejection of his word. It's a rejection of love, and it's rejection of truth. He sent truth to mankind, and mankind refused to accept the truth. When you refuse to accept God's truth, you are rejecting God's love. That refusal prevents him from being saved and receiving Christ as the Messiah and the Redeemer of their lives. Remember, the truth loves you. That's the gospel. The gospel is God's verbal message to you that I love you. Remember John three sixteen, for God so loved the whole world that he gave Jesus Christ. That is the gospel. The love of God is in the gospel. The truth of God is in the gospel. Remember, we saw it earlier. The life of God is in the gospel. The Amplified of Second Thessalonians 2.10 says it like this, And by unlimited seduction, wow, unlimited seduction, wow, no holds barred seduction, seduction unplugged. And by unlimited seduction to evil and with all the deception of wickedness, what a mouthful. And by unlimited seduction of evil and with all the deception of wickedness for those who were perishing because they did not welcome the love of the truth of the gospel so as to be saved. They were spiritually blind and rejected the truth that would have saved them. Look at this. Unlimited seduction. Don't forget, Satan is the father of all lies. King James says, and with all all deceivableness of unrighteousness. The Amplified translates it, unlimited seduction. Either way, it's it's a nasty phrase. Look at this, all deceivableness. I get that. Of what? Of unrighteousness. Unrighteousness is uh, the rebellion against the word of God. And deceivableness, what that looks like is false preachers in the pulpit, Satan's ministers in the pulpit claiming to speak for God, but they are twisting the truth. They are manipulating the truth. That is deceivableness of unrighteousness, but it's with all deceivableness. If there's a way for unrighteousness to deceive you, that's what happens when you reject the truth of God. Satan's seduction has blinded these people to the truth. The gospel is God's love offering to man, Jesus Christ. Satan has blinded them to that truth. What truth? That God loves them so much he sent Jesus to die for their sin so that they might be saved. Once more, it is an absolute must that we preach the gospel as it's written. Those who won't, those who change it, those who leave parts out are cooperating with Satan. That's part of unlimited seduction to deceive mankind. 
Satan, 2 Corinthians 2, 4 and 4, in whom the God of this world, Satan, has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Satan's blindness upon mankind specifically causes them not to see the light of the gospel, to reject the light of the gospel. When you're praying for the lost folks, our prayer should begin with spiritual warfare against Satan's forces and the kingdom of darkness trying to blind the minds of those that don't know God. That means not only coming against the kingdom of darkness and the minions who serve it, but it must include pulling down what's false in our churches as well. Christians, leaders, pastors who are mishandling and misrepresenting the gospel. Many, many of them are masquerading as Christians of God, ministering in our pulpits, but in reality, they are servants of mankind. Lord, I pray that if there are any people that don't know you listening to this broadcast, Father God, I rebuke darkness. I I pray that you deliver them from having a mind that's been blinded by satanic influence, by all seduction, all unrighteousness, Father God. I pray that you deliver them from that blindness, Father God. I pray, Father God, that your word break through that blindness and win them, Father God, for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.